Everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in all things crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Well, I've got my Moscow Mule with gin on board. Oh. <laughs> what? I done fucked up because you know what I, I have? an ice drink. That is not enough. Oh no, I needed more, but that's okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all right. What a what a day we have had. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm still really processing the fact that this trial, the trial itself is over. Yeah. We don't have our verdict yet. We don't have sentencing yet, but the trial itself, I mean, we've been at this for so long that it kind of started to feel like maybe we would never get here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm still like, really? This is, I know I'm going to be like startling myself awake. Like, do I have to go to court? I, no, 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 I do not. No, I do not. At least not I know. It's wild. It's really wild. Well, yeah. and ever since court adjourned and the jury entered deliberations at 2.13 right. this afternoon, we have been panic checking our phones. Mm -hmm. Like really, holy fuck, what if we missed something? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're on the official email list and everyone, you know, lots of people are at ADA. Like, it, we're not going to miss it, but still, no. like, I still have like fear in my heart. Right. I know. Like, I just, <gasps> I don't want to miss anything. It's yeah. It's. But a few minutes ago, the jury went home for the night. Mm -hmm. There's no verdict. They just went home for the night. They will be back at 9am in the morning to get back at it. Yep. So that's what we know. We are predicting a verdict tomorrow, but I will tell you, we don't know. You know, this is a guess. Maybe it's partial wish wishful thinking. There's seven charges. There are a, a bajillion exhibits. You know, they have mm -hmm. to they have to weigh each charge individually mm -hmm. because they can, you know, find her guilty on some and not on others. And, you know, all of those things are possible. So well, when you hear we're gonna go through the jury instructions. When yes. we go through those, you'll understand why they weren't done today. Yes. This is like the most tedious homework assignment you've ever had. It, it genuinely is. Mm -hmm. It genuinely is. And so um, that is where we got started this morning. Mm -hmm. um, well, a very cute side. Uh, Larry Woodcock walked into the courthouse with Kay and he was playing the song, We Will Rock You on his iPad. And he said that on JJ's iPad. Oh, that's right. On JJ's iPad. Yeah. And he said that was, that's JJ's song and he was playing it for him. Mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. And, you know, obviously they've allowed some leniency. He also handed out lifesavers in the Ada courtroom today too. And, mm -hmm. you know, most of that stuff's totally not allowed. No. Um, but for these grandparents, yeah. you know. But our Larry has been given some uh, some leeway. As we, well he should. And any of, the, any of the victim's families should be given leeway, you know? Yes. Absolutely. Other utter cuteness today. Rob Wood's parents were sitting in front of us in the courtroom. Yes. They were just there to see him, to watch their son. It was so sweet. It was. And they ought to be damn proud of that boy today. Yeah, they, they ought to. Yeah. yeah. 
That I know. I loved that. I thought that was really cool. It was an interesting energy in the courtroom. So the Madison courtroom was full. All the oh, tickets man. went. Um, we were all panicking this morning, trying to get tickets for tomorrow because we didn't know if we would need them or not. Yeah. And then the website was not letting us get them. And that's because they had determined that they would be done today. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, yeah, we're, we're somewhere. Mm-hmm. So here's where we started. Uh, let's see. Lori was wearing a black sweater today. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely had her tampon curls in. She was oh, pretty yeah. animated today. All day. Yeah. Pretty animated, real chatty with her attorneys. She did get very angry at one point. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Probably not for the reasons you would think. Where have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just as disgusting as you would think. Yeah, it is. Her normal. We had, um, you know, some nice conversations in, in the courtroom in Madison. And of course, the, the bailiff that's been there this whole time, he's a really cool guy. And we were all telling him we appreciate him. And he's retiring. He won't even still be working for the police when um, the when the sentencing happens. Mm-mm. Well, we told him we'll see him next year, June 2024, for Chad's trial. And he said, you won't. No. He said, I'll be retired. I said, oh, they're going to call you back up just for this. And he goes, I'll be fishing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he's been wonderful. He has. He's been wonderful. Uh, We also had the court administrator there today. They were really concerned about audio, video, and photos Mm -hmm. being taken today because it was closing arguments and it was the last big day, you know. So they give the whole spiel about courtroom etiquette and what what we can do and can't do and, you know, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And then I swear to God, it was less than five minutes later. This woman sitting behind us asked. I think the five court seconds. Five seconds. Yeah, asked the court administrator if she can take a selfie. And the court with administ- the screen. Yeah, with like the screens that have like Lori and her attorneys and the and the the judges bench and like we weren't in session yet. But she's Skype like, was I- all pulled up and all the screens yeah, were live. You could see the whole courtroom. Yeah. She's like, can I can I just take a selfie? Just when they had just told us, don't you dare do anything like that. And and she had the gall to argue with the administrator. She was like, no. And she's like, just real quick before court starts, like just with this in the background. And she's like, no, you can't take any pictures in here. And it was, this is something I'm not going to miss about being in court. And that is that sort of, we're here for entertainment. This is mm-hmm. like a play or a movie, not mm-hmm. a real triple murder trial where th- three people are dead. And that was weird. And Especially we were all today. like, oh my God, lady. Did the you administrator, not listen to one word? The administrator yeah. said. The administrator was uh, or asked how many people have not been there before. And it was more than half the room. There were a lot of people I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was a little just like, wow. I mean, listen, lady, mm-hmm. you want to get your phone confiscated? I guess that's up to you. But what a what a dumb question. Oh, my gosh. that We were all <laughs> dumbfounded. Everyone's looking at each other like, huh, are you... I guess uh, you've never been here before. Well, and also didn't listen to a word that the court administrator had said like 30 seconds before this. It was real strange. But it <laughs> the was administrator that... acted completely dumbfounded. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Well, that's kind of been the energy in the Madison courtroom that has bothered me 
is this party atmosphere, people passing around mm-hmm. treats and wrapped up in blankies and eating snacks. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is not entertainment, you know? Mm-hmm. We're here because this is serious. We're here because yeah. these people are dead. And We're we have to justice. bring people to account for mm-hmm. Tylee and JJ and Tammy. You know, it was, and, and their families and Chad's kids. Tammy's kids you know so I don't know that part I was like you know I'm not gonna miss this because there's been a lot of that in the medicine Mm -hmm. courtroom um so we were kind of glad that you know that it Mm -hmm. uh would be um we won't be seeing that again oh I didn't know that Fran says some guy in Boise got asked to leave today as he took a picture in the courtroom yep and they also made him delete the photo I mean come on Yep. What are you doing, people? Yep. Yeah. So. Well, that was astonishing. It it was. It was astonishing. Yeah. Um, We didn't see any more of that afterward, but I think everyone in the courtroom was sort of Mm -hmm. stunned. Well, we have it on. We have it on good authority, knowing that that is exactly how she's been uh, curling her hair all along Mm -hmm. from someone who was actually in jail with her at one point. I'm guessing she had a pile of tampons from when Chad was paying her bills and she's just been recycling them over and over and over. Maybe so. I don't know. But, but um, yeah, weird. But it's at least how she was doing it at Madison. But. Yeah. And it still looks the same. So I would think it is, but I don't know. I haven't been there, so I have not had to curl my hair with anything. Uh, toilet paper curls, too. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, yeah, she must have people funding her books. I think she probably does. Mm-hmm. Please, she's probably getting the same kind of uh, goddess worship mail that like Brian Koberger's getting. You know, can we or just pause Alec for a Murdoch. minute and think that Lori, Gross. yeah, and Alex, they she probably has some psychopaths that are putting money on her books. She probably got some pen pals. That's just gross. That's what. Just if you're doing that, stop. Just stop. Let the loin fire commence. Yeah. Yeah. Heartless curls are all the rage, right? Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So how we kicked things off today. Judge Boyce entered on the bench. Um, so he first had to rule on the Rule 29 uh, motion that the defense made on Wednesday, mm-hmm. which or, th- or Tuesday, they made on Tuesday, which was the motion for judgment of acquittal. So basically, this happen- This always happens in these um, kinds of uh, cases mm-hmm. that the, the uh, defense will say that they want the judge to review all of the evidence and to confirm that there is enough evidence to proceed to the jury mm-hmm. with all of the counts. There are seven counts in this mm-hmm. case. And so we, this was before the jury came in. But had they been in there, then Rob Wood would probably have not even had to give his closing arguments because the judge gave them. Very interestingly, he went through each count and he talked about all of the evidence that had been presented that was enough evidence to proceed to the jury on every single count. So let's read the counts. Katie, do you want to put them up? Yeah. So the, the counts are one conspiracy to commit first degree murder and grant theft by deception. This was for Tylee Ryan. Mm-hmm. Second is first degree murder, Tylee Ryan. So remember, she's charged with conspiracy and with murder in the kids. 
So then the third, the third count is conspiracy to commit first degree murder and grand theft by deception, JJ. Um, first degree murder for JJ. Conspiracy to commit first degree murder, Tammy, and then grand theft. I don't know why it's on there twice, but, or three times. Right, but they're, well, I think it's because the conspiracy to commit first degree murder and grand theft together carries its own weight. Oh, that's right. That's right. So the judge went through each one of these counts mm -hmm. and reviewed quite specifically, and we won't go through it all because it's all stuff we already know, mm -hmm. but reviewed quite specifically the evidence that had been uh, submitted by the prosecution to show that, yes, they did, um, in fact, show that they've got evidence of each of these crimes being, you know, relate, relating mm -hmm. to Lori. Yep. So it doesn't, he's not saying, yes, she's guilty, but he is saying there is enough here for this to go to the jury. Now, one thing to know is that this, he could rule on this, could have ruled on this today, or he could have waited until after the verdict. Mm -hmm. So a judge can still, in Idaho, under Rule mm -hmm. 29, the judge could have still ordered an acquittal, even if the jury convicted if mm -hmm. he waited until after the uh, the jury deliberation, yeah, uh, it was pretty clear to me that he didn't think that that was going to be necessary, and he was very specific mm -hmm. about the evidence in each situation. So he listed witness testimony, um, exhibits. Um, all different kinds of things for each charge. And then he mm -hmm. dismissed the rule 29 motion on all of the counts. It was well-researched, well thought out. It was basically the closing argument for the prosecution, except yeah. for that, of course, the jury wasn't in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't hear it, but you know, he did address that mm -hmm. and, and uh, he did deny the, the defense's motion. I did yeah. want to tell you who was in the Ada County courtroom today mm -hmm. because they have rows that are reserved for family and like police and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Rexburg police chief Josh Rhodes was there. Assistant chief Gary Hagan, detective Ron Ball and detective Ray Hermosillo were there. Larry and Kay Woodcock, uh, Gary Vallow, Charles's brother, retired um, FBI special agent, Doug Hart. Mm -hmm. And another FBI agent. <laughs> I wonder if it was the one that uh, <laughs> that um, on Monday Archibald was trying to prove, you know, that there was in fact an FBI agent sitting there. Oh no, that was last Friday. Oh anyway. yeah. Um, and then Rex Connor, who's also Lori's uncle, mm -hmm. was there. Um, I think Tammy had a, a family member there too, didn't she? An aunt quite sure mm, i thought she family. did that there was some representation for tammy today yeah, so there were a lot of people Finally, in the courtrooms today i mean how sad for tammy yeah she's had very little representation now to right. be fair her folks are very elderly and, and unwell and so yeah. it's just too much for them to be there well and they wouldn't allow them to have a live stream to their house no. they couldn't be on the zoom which i still think was wrong right tammy's yeah. aunt and niece yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, did Boyce give all that information for his foundation for the acquittal? He gave all of that information for his foundation for 
uh, denying the request for acquittal. So he denied all of those things Mm -hmm. um, based on all of the evidence that they'd already presented. Mm -hmm. And then um, they brought the jurors in. Yeah. Now, remember that the jurors at this point, there were still 18 of them. They did not lose a single juror in this trial, which is pretty amazing. We only needed 12, but they had six alternates and all of them held out all the way through the entire trial. Yeah. Isn't that astonishing? Yeah. The judge talked about how unusual that was and how much he appreciated that they were all so committed. Nearly seven weeks. Every one of these folks showed up every single day. Right. Nobody got COVID. Nobody had a death in the family. Nobody just quit coming. Nobody got arrested. Nobody got in trouble for breaking the rules. Right. None of it. They were all there. It's amazing. To put that in perspective, by the time Murdoch went to Murdoch went to trial, they had one left. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right, JR. We are here for Tammy. Absolutely. I have felt like that all along that we have tried really hard to make sure that Tammy is always remembered, you know, uh, because, you know, there's family there for the kids. And, and I mean, Tammy's own children didn't come to this trial and I'm, I'm not going to fault them for it. They have been through an absolutely horrific experience, but it is sad to see that there weren't people showing up for her, you know? No. Yep. No one had to grab no. their eggs and go like with the uh, no. trial. <laughs> And yes, good point, um, Emily. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, funny. Um, also, yes, the jurors that did have to leave were disappointed, and I would have been too. And we'll talk about that later oh, about how they determined, the yeah, who was who was going to actually deliberate and who was going to be a backup just in case. Still, yeah, but we'll get there. So then we go. They bring the jury in, and then we go to jury instructions. Um, there were thirty nine. Because, of course, this case has been nothing, if not extra, (laughs) in every way. The jury jury questionnaire was huge. The jury instructions are huge. But Mm. the instructions are super important because they need to know exactly within what parameters they are to do their job. Better get that 404B in there, by God. Right. They did. Yeah, they did. Um, So... The first 10 instructions were actually read to the jury at the beginning of the trial, but Mm -hmm. uh, the judge went over a couple of them that he wanted them to remember, which is the first Mm -hmm. one was that the defendant is presumed innocent and the state has the burden to prove her guilt. Mm -hmm. She doesn't ever even have to put up any defense, which she didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, She doesn't have to prove her innocence. The state has Mm -hmm. to prove her guilt. That's the way our legal system works. Mm -hmm. And they have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. And if there is not a reasonable doubt, then they have to find her not guilty. Yep. Um, the Then they went through uh, instruction number five, which is the defendant has the right to not testify. Yep. And not only does she have the right to not testify, but the jury cannot hold that against her. Because she has the right to not self-incriminate herself. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, and, and they can't hold it against her that they didn't bring any other witnesses either. No. Because it is the whole weight is on the prosecution. Yep. That is the burden of proof. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then we get to rule 11, which was, you know, you've heard all the evidence in the ga- in the case. I'm going to instruct you in the law that you have to file now, follow now, and that you have to follow all of the rules. 
You mm -hmm. can't just ignore some of them. Or if you don't understand or disagree, you have to follow them. That's mm -hmm. really, really important. Uh, then the next rule was that lawyers are not witnesses. Mm -hmm. So whatever they say, it isn't evidence. You know, whatever the lawyers have said, that is not the evidence presented in the case. The evidence is the witness statements, the um, and the and the exhibits. Mm -hmm. That you have to remember that no matter what the attorneys say, they're not giving evidence, and that's really important. Yep. Um, because we were going to hear the closing arguments today. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So they are all, they all followed along very well. Lori was also following along. She had a copy of this as well. Um, they didn't talked about that some exhibits were listed for demonstrative purposes, but not evidence. And that came up quite a bit when we were talking about some of the timelines when we we're talking about a lot of the text messages, these are not proof. Mm -hmm. These are to demonstrate what happened. If that makes sense. And he listed mm -hmm. off a big long list of um, exhibit numbers that these were all for demonstration, but mm -hmm. are in fact not evidence, which again is important. They need to know that. Mm -hmm. uh, then he defined um, a conspiracy. A conspiracy is an agreement by two or more pe people to f commit a crime like first degree murder. Yeah. They don't necessarily have to agree on every detail and they don't even have to have been involved in every detail. It can be shown by evidence or an oral or written agreement. Yep. And, you know, there's evidence of all of those things in this case. Right um, and left. Yeah. Yes. Then he explained what malice is because they have to have malice of forethought. Malice is to um, obtain property that doesn't belong to you. Um, an owner of a property is any person who has the right to possess that property that is over and above the right of the defendant. In the case of grand theft, that money was not Lori's to take. Um, he lists all of the allegations and charges, which we've talked about. And he said that you know, each one has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt to find the defendant guilty. And if they haven't been proven beyond a reasonable doubt, that you mm -hmm. must find the defendant not guilty. Mm -hmm. uh, so he um, talked about that each individual charge has to be determined individually. It is not all all of the charges together, but it is each one individually and that they have to look yeah. at it that way. They have to look at the evidence and look at what was she was charged with for each one. Mm -hmm. um, once the jury be, began deliberating that they would have access to all the witness testimony and mm -hmm. all of the evidence, which was literally like 150,000 items on Lori's iCloud account. Yeah. Holy crap. There, that there were 18 jurors, 12 will be picked mm -hmm. as the actual jurors and the others will be alternates. Mm -hmm. They're still alternates. They still are um, under the mm -hmm. rules. They have to wait until a verdict comes back in case something happens and one of them has to step in. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, there are different forms of theft depending on how the theft was committed. So she is charged, um, you know, with the theft of social security funds. Then he goes through each, um, 
each item in the indictment. Uh, is Lori guilty or is Lori not guilty or guilty of conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Tyler Ryan? This mm. is in the verdict form. They, so they have a form that they will each, when they get ready to vote and they will mark not guilty or guilty. And the defense bought yesterday to have not guilty listed before guilty on the form mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So you know, they ha- have to answer them each individually and then they put them together in one form and that is their final verdict. Mm-hmm. And these verdicts have to be unanimous. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, they will be able to look at all of the exhibits. They will have all of the exhibits from the case in the jury room, except for the firearms. And if they want to see the firearms, they have to ask the bailiff and the bailiff will help them with that, but they're not giving them access to the guns without Mm-hmm. an officer Which, being with them. I'd be really surprised if they asked to see the gun. I doubt they will. I mean, no. and they have photos of the gun and, you know, there's been a lot of discussion over guns. Yeah. Uh, once they begin deliberation, their first job is to appoint a four person. And that person's job is to make sure that everybody gets heard. Um, you know, and that, that this is fair, that everyone has an opportunity to share what they think. Mm-hmm. The verdict can't be arrived at chan- by chance. The jury can't tell anybody the verdict beforehand. Yeah. Um, they also can't pressure each other or bargain with each other to get verdicts that everybody's vote needs to be what they truly feel is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, he reminds them again that arguments from attorneys are not evidence. Mm-hmm. Um he reminds them that they're not advocates, they are judges. Yeah. And and that their job is the declaration of the truth. That's what yep. they're here to do. So he's done with that. Um, so then Rob Wood's going to give closing arguments on behalf of the prosecution. They had a quick sidebar and then they decided uh, to take a break. And that's mm-hmm. when the, it was during the break that a man took a photo in the courtroom and he was removed and the court and the photo was deleted. And Somebody was, re- somebody's phone was seized this afternoon too. But- well, somebody's phone should have been seized in our courtroom about five oh, Lord. Times. Yeah. We had one person whose phone always goes off and they never take her phone, but Mm-mm. so. Um, and today that- it was loud static. Yeah. Every time it went off, it was some loud static thing. Very yeah. weird. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So we have this break, you know, we're all standing around looking at each other, talking like, oh, my God, we're really here. You know, Mm -hmm. this is actually happening. So if you remember, Lindsay Blake gave the opening statements and Rob Wood is giving the closing statements. So Mm -hmm. Lindsay Blake is the Fremont County prosecutor. Wood is the Madison County prosecutor and had been the special prosecutor appointed over Fremont County Mm -hmm. until Lindsay Blake was actually elected. So they have worked very closely together on this case. And, and we kind of thought Lindsay would do the close because she did the opening and because mm-hmm. they've given her a lot of, uh, or she's taken a lot of freedom in, mm-hmm. you know, this case. She's done a lot. She has. Uh, however, my God. Yeah. Rob was so good. He was. He did a great job. He so knocked he, it way out of the park. He did. He started it just exactly as Lindsay started the opening. Mm-hmm. Money, power, and sex. And he talked about how starting in October of 2018 is when Laurie and Chad met and set in motion the events that we were here to 
uh, hold this trial on. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, they, this is basically when their conspiracy began. And yep. then over time, they added people to the conspiracy. This was one thing that in the definition of conspiracy that I thought was really interesting is that when you have a conspiracy, it does not mean that all of the people had to join the conspiracy at the same time. People can come in as it's rolling along. And we know that that happened. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously, Alex was brought in to participate mm -hmm. um, in that conspiracy. Mm -hmm. But... Rob Wood's statement was that this entire plan was driven by Lori's desire for and use of money, power, and sex. Oh, yeah. And in this part of the program, Lori looked haughty. Yes. Arrogant. Yeah. Uh, well, haughty and arrogant. I think that's in this part. Yes. It, uh, yeah, really we'll we'll get to the tears that happened later. But this was just her being extremely defiant. Again, how is the jury going to look at her and see anything other than what she's being called right. when the best she can give them is this routine? Yeah. Now, the judge did remind them that they cannot judge Lori based on her character, that they have to judge her based on her actions. They have to judge based on the information. Yeah. 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 The PowerPoint was really good. Rob Wood had a PowerPoint, you know, lining out, yeah. you know, all of the parts of it. Yep. Um, that he, you know, that he laid out, but I really liked the way that he put Lori right mm -hmm. in the center of this conspiracy and that she was the driving force behind it. And, mm -hmm. and I feel like we have now seen that that is in fact the case. Uh -huh. So he puts up a picture of Tylee uh, on the screen. He said she was burned and buried in Chad's Chad Daybell's backyard. What was left mm -hmm. of her body, they dumped in a green bucket and buried in a pet cemetery on top of a piece of her skull. Yep. Tylee was gone and buried and out of the way, but Lori Vallow kept collecting Tylee's money. Mm -hmm. And then he said she never reported Tylee missing. She lied to lots of people about where she was, and she made efforts to keep her body hidden so that she could keep getting the Social Security money. So then he shows a picture of JJ. Uh... He said, JJ's voice was silenced forever by a strip of duct tape placed across his mouth. And then a white plastic bag placed over his head, secured tightly with duct tape, and wrapped mm -hmm. around and around and around from his forehead to his neck. Yep. The evidence says he struggled, and we'll never know how long he fought before they wrapped tape around his wrists and ankles. This triggered a lot of tears in our courtroom. It did, yeah. Well, I mean, you think about the way that they killed that little boy. It, it's horrible horrifying to me yeah. i cannot imagine suffocating to death yeah he said yeah. he stopped breathing his heart stopped beating and he died it was a brutal horrific murder of a seven-year-old boy with special needs mm -hmm. and then like kylie Lori never reported her missing him missing or dead she kept collecting his money yep. she lied to people he even asked a friend to lie to the police about where he was and just like Tylee, she kept collecting the money. At one point, Rob said, she lied and she lied and she lied and she lied. Yeah. And I thought, boy, doesn't that just sum it all up right there? Because right. she did. I mean, over and over. And there's so much evidence of it. Video, uh, you know, body cam footage of her doing it right mm -hmm. to the police. Plus all yeah. the text messages. 
So then they show a picture of Tammy Daybell on the screen. And he called her a loving mother of five and school librarian and that she was murdered in her own home. Yep. She was asphyxiated in her own home. And the evidence is clear that Lori, Chad and Alex conspired to murder Tammy. Remember that Lori is not charged with murder in Tammy's death, but with conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, her death occurred just a little over a week after a masked gunman attempted to shoot her yeah. as she en entered her home after mm -hmm. uh, a night of church, uh, church activity. Mm -hmm. He also now, note, but none of this made Lori cry. Lori was no. fine. She totally was fine. pissed, arrogant, yeah. rude during this part. She was. All of the descriptions of her children being murdered, of parts of Tylee being found in the shed, of JJ struggling, all mm -hmm. of those things didn't faze her a bit. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, he pointed out that Lori was conveniently gone for the attempted murder and successful murder of Tammy. Mm -hmm. uh, he said those trips were not a coincidence. Just like Tylee and JJ, there was money to be gained from Tammy's death. $430,000 mm -hmm. worth of life insurance. And Lori wasted no time to benefit from that money. Mm -hmm. uh, then they showed a wedding photo of Chad and Lori on the beach. Mm-hmm. And he said they were freed from the obstacles of their kids and wife, mm -hmm. as they'd already been freed from the obstacle of Charles. Mm -hmm. And they were dancing on the beach. And he talks about how we've seen lots of evidence of their affair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then he walks through uh, a timeline of the order of how all of these things happened. Yep. And then he said, Lori is the one who ties this all together. Mm -hmm. He talked about the attempted shooting of Brandon Boudreau, mm -hmm. uh, Rexburg police getting a call for JJ and the investigation into the missing kids, Tammy's body being exhumed and the kids being found. This was the yep. order of things. Um, Wood talked about that in Idaho law, conspiracy is a crime of agreement. Mm -hmm. Is that a group of people agree to commit this crime together? Even though they all have different parts to play in the action, yeah, um, they've agreed upon it. And did Lori agree to have Tylee killed and steal that money? Did she attend, intend for those events to happen? And did any of her co-conspirators perform acts to further that agreement? And we know that the answer is yes to all of those things. We've seen the yeah. evidence. Um. He said, when it comes to conspiracy, you need to ask yourself, who murdered these people? Mm -hmm. Did Lori intend for it to happen? And was one of those acts accomplished in furtherance of the conspiracy? Mm -hmm. He said, you only need to find one overt act. But there are so many in every one of the murders. He said, the state met its burden for each overt act, even though you only need to find one. Uh, then he was talking about Tylee's murder charge. Did Lori aid and abet in that murder? Did she encourage the murder? Remember, under Idaho law, aiding and abetting and encouraging the murder of her mm -hmm. child is equivalent to her physically murdering her child. It doesn't matter that they can't prove that she physically did it herself. Mm -hmm. She aided and abetted that happening, and it did, in fact, happen. Mm -hmm. Well, she was absolutely whining at everybody. Mm -hmm. Chad and Alex particularly about getting some of these things done, making them happen. When is, right. when is Tammy going to be a zero? When is JJ going to be a zero? Right. When is it happening? What's going on? I'm tired of waiting. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm tired of taking care of demons. You know, mm -hmm. 
she said those things over and over again in her own communication, on her own phone, in her own words. Yep. Um, oh, no, Lori's know. going to prison. Lori's going to prison. Uh, and in fact, it was uh, verified today that she is going to the Pocatello prison because Boise is full. Yeah. So she'll be at the women's prison in Pocatello. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and he says, you know, basically the same things about about JJ's murder. Yeah. And then he talks about the conspiracy charge for Tammy. You know, he asks, you know, have you is there evidence that Lori was involved? We know there is. Uh, he yeah. talked about the grand theft and he tells the jurors to read the instructions really carefully in the jury instructions so that they can see that the state has met its burden beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, he reminded the jury that a reasonable doubt is based on reason and common sense. Mm -hmm. He used, he said that over and over again, reason and common sense. Mm -hmm. um, he also said that malice can be expressed in more than one way. Mm -hmm. uh, they can say they want something to happen or it can be implied. Mm -hmm. um, expressed malice and implied malice both exist in this case. And there's lots of malice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said aiding and abetting is just the same as pulling the tri trigger. Um, overt acts in a conspiracy. You have to find that at least one overt act happened beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, we know they did because these people are all dead. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, when you're in a conspiracy, not everything that happens is illegal, but if it's an act that's done to further the conspiracy, mm -hmm. then it's an overt act and it makes it part of the crime. For example, moving to Rexburg was an overt act. Yes. Very much Interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wood said also, because this has been brought up by the defense multiple times to be clear nobody has been charged for their religious beliefs they have been charged for using those beliefs to justify murder mm -hmm. really appreciated him saying that because yeah. there's been quite a bit of implication by the defense that that yeah. they were being you know basically persecuted for their beliefs but that is not true mm -hmm. um you know he said the kids they couldn't kill the kids in arizona because they had friends and family there mm-hmm they, Lori had to move to Brexburg to bring the kids to a place where no one knew them mm -hmm. because that gave them the opportunity to hide Tylee and JJ. Yep. They had to go where, you know, no one was going to notice they were gone. That mm -hmm. moving to Rexburg was the catalyst for these murders and that Alex followed along. Yep. Yeah. Um, some other overt acts that she did. She never reported her kids missing. She changed her the bank accounts to get the social security benefits from her kids into her account. She bought and used burner phones to communicate with the other conspirators. Mm -hmm. um, all these steps were taken to further their conspiracy. Yeah. She also talks about the messages about Tammy being in limbo and being possessed by a zombie. Mm -hmm. Those were also things that further the the conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, he talked about how Alex visiting gun ranges and going to Sportsman's Warehouse. Yeah. Um, and then was near the church, um, near Chad's house on the night Tammy died. These are all overt acts and steps taken to get to murder. Mm -hmm. So uh, Nate said, and, you know, for us, we, we do our best with seeing Lori, but it's not easy. Nate said that um, at this point, Lori was looking at Wood. 
mm-hmm. and as he was talking. Um, he goes what goes through a whole bunch of the di- the digital e- evidence in the Homer J. Maximus account, mm-hmm. which we know is Al- I want to say Homer J. Minimus. I'm just going to, which Feel was free. Alex's account. <laughs> Feel free, yes. So they listed the searches that Alex made um, about prepping the gun for the cold, and about how to shoot through a Dodge Dakota, which was Tammy and ch- the the vehicle that Tammy drove. Yeah. And how to drill baffles to make a suppressor, which we know he also did do. Um, then Wood talks about chat searching. Uh, what, is, what, do, what does it mean? What do South by Southwest winds mean? This was uh, searched on September 8th. Mm-hmm. And that's because the next day he knew he would be burning Tylee Ryan's body in his fire pit. And yep. He needs to know which way the wind will be blowing. This is the only time ever in Chad's history that he searched for the direction of the wind. The yeah. only time. How yeah. convenient. Hmm. Coincidence? No. And they talk about Lori's Google searches. The day Tammy Daybell was buried, Lori is looking up wedding dresses in Hawaii. Yep. Yeah. Then they get to the raccoon text that Chad sent to Tammy. You know where he's shot the raccoon. He buried it in the pet cemetery, and he was burning limbs in the in the fire pit. Mm-hmm. And that's basically that text told the police where to find Tylee's body. Yep, because he was trying to you know preempt any questions. Some of you guys have asked us before if they actually recovered animals out of the pet cemetery. They did a dog mm-hmm. and a cat. Yeah, uh, not a raccoon. No, there was no raccoon. Uh, Tylee. And I'm going to just throw this out here. I hmm. still believe that Tylee was shot. Yeah, I know that. What was the purpose of the of the story about the gunshot? You know, mm-hmm. if there wasn't a reason for the gunshot, I still believe that they shot Tylee. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep, I think I've been saying right. that for three years. So I still believe it's true. Mm-hmm. They just right. can't prove it because. There was just too much of her gone. Yeah. So Tylee was last seen in Yellowstone National Park on September 8th of 2019, as we know, and was never seen again until her dismembered and burned body turned up in Chad's pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, then he starts talking about the James and Elena story. I was like, oh, no, we don't have to listen to more of this, do we? Yeah. Um, and he said, yep. this was all a plan for them to be together without obstacles. And obstacles were the words used by Chad and Lori. Mm-hmm. And they referenced human beings, Charles, Tammy, Tylee, JJ, as being obstacles. These telestial obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. Telestial, as in just uh, earth problems we have to mm-hmm. take care of because yep. we're gods, you know. Um, Woodward says, you know, this all revolves around money. Uh, he talked about Colby Ryan's testimony when he said that every two or three months, Lori would tell him they were out of money mm-hmm. and that money was a concern for her. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then they, um, show a Google location history and a map of Alex Cox that lays out his cell phone activity in the mm-hmm. early morning of September 9th, 2019. Um, and it shows him at the burn pit on Chad's day on Chad's property. Mm-hmm. 
and another hit right where Tylee was buried and another hit at the gate to the property. Um, so then they see another slide after Tylee was buried and mm -hmm. you know, they, he said they've done the deed, they burned Tylee, they dismembered and buried her. Yeah. Then he talks about Melanie Gibb and David Warwick's testimony that Lori told them JJ was a zombie and acting out. And on the morning of September 3rd, David asked about JJ and Lori says that he was climbing up the cabinets and refrigerator. So she sent him with Alex Cox. Mm -hmm. That was an overt act. Yep. Alex Cox took possession of JJ that morning and no one ever saw him again. Yep. Uh, he said, no matter how many tips police followed up on, they never found JJ. Mm -hmm. They never found Tylee until they found them there in Chad Davo's backyard yeah. where Alex's phone was pinged by GPS. Mm -hmm. Alex only spent 17 minutes at Chad's house on the day that uh, JJ was buried. Yeah. And he said that grave was dug very specifically for JJ's body. And there was no way that it was dug in 17 minutes that that was premeditated and planned mm -hmm. that the grave was prepared before uh, Alex arrived with JJ's body. Yeah. Which it had to have been. But, you know, we all know mm -hmm. Chad's expert grave digger, right? What a thing to be known for. Yeah. Um, Wood talks about how Chad got his burner phone on October 9th. That was the day that Tammy was shot at. Mm -hmm. And talks about Alex's movements again, that you can follow his phone as he's scoping out the property. It shows a timeline um, of, you know, him being there in that area. Um, yeah. That evening, that night, from like 10.30 to 11, there were like 15 texts between Alex and Chad. And then he said, what ties Alex to Chad? Well, we know what it is. It's Lori. Yeah. Alex didn't have any reason to even know Chad. No. Except through Lori. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're talking some more about the night Tammy died. Uh, he shows a timeline of the digital activity between Alex and Chad. Uh, and also Tammy's phone. There was an image deleted from Tammy's phone that night. I'm still super curious about what that was. And they couldn't mm -hmm. they couldn't recover it, so we'll never know. Yeah. Um, Alex calls Lori at 11.53 p.m. And Lori was in Hawaii. So, you know, after all of his communication with Chad and uh, Tammy's phone no longer is active, then yeah. he calls Lori. So we know why. Yeah. Chad was also texting Lori at that same time. Yep. Oh, yeah. The burner phones were absolutely an overt act, all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then they show an overhead image of Chad Daybell's property. He talks about when the warrant was served on June 9th of 2020. Um, multiple officers testified uh, watching Chad in his car looking over his shoulder at the location where Tylee was buried. We all heard the phone call from Lori and Chad from that morning mm -hmm. saying they're searching the property and that you can hear the fill, the fear and guilt in both of their voices because mm -hmm. they know what's about to happen. Oh. And uh, wait till you hear uh, Archibald's interpretation of that. That, that one. Did blew. we listen to the same call? Right. Did we listen to the same call? Um, so they show the fire pit where Tylee was found. 
shows images of a chain and a jewelry charm found in the, the debris. They have a picture of Tylee having worn that necklace, so they know it was Tylee's necklace. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was satellite footage that same day of the disturbance in the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they found a dog and a cat that were buried there as well. Yep. Uh, they found what they thought might be human bones, and that's when they continued to dig. Yep. And then this is what they found, you know, and they show the bucket and what's left of Ty's remains on the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, then they show a chunk of concrete that was found in the ground sitting on top of Tylee's skull. Um, they found pieces of Tylee also in the shed. Mm -hmm. And by that, he means blood and tissue and DNA on the pickaxe and the shovel that were in the shed. They were tested for DNA and it was Tylee's. The pickaxe had an eye, like a pickaxe would, where the screw goes. Yeah. And Tylee's, there was tissue of Tylee's in that eye. Yeah. 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 Yep. And they show the area where JJ was buried. You know, we see the rocks and the boards that they had put down on top of him before they put the dirt back. Um, you know, we heard testimony of multiple officers about the smell and how they knew that they were, you know, smelling human decomposition. Yep. About how they located what appeared to be human head mm -hmm. and discovered that that is what, you know, where they found JJ's body. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this was a premeditated murder and we all know that Lori handed JJ off to Alex and then he was never seen again. Yep. He, I, I love this. He said, Tylee, JJ and Tammy can't tell us what happened, but their bodies do. Yeah. He shows images of Tylee's bones on the screen, particularly her pelvis. Yep. And this is the most, this is so unsettling. And, and they've talked about it before, but there were all these signs of sharp force damage, stabbing mm -hmm. to her pelvis. Yeah. These were not dismemberment injuries. They were stabs. Mm -hmm. um, we then see a graphic a photo of JJ wrapped in tape. It was like they had just taken the pla the black plastic off from his body. Um, and they, you know, he said they did this to a boy with special needs. Uh, then they show um, Tam a photo of Tammy at her autopsy. There was nothing in her body that would have killed her. I mean, they did absolutely exhaustive toxicology on Tammy. Yeah, She had yeah. bruises on her arms. She had a bruise on her chest. And the ME said that was consistent with restraint. JJ also had bruises on his arms, yeah. also consistent with restraint. Uh, he said, we talked about money, power, and sex. And I loved this part. This was so smart, the way that he said this. Lori learned a lesson with Charles. Charles. She learned how to get money before the death. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she planned and... Alex carried out the murder of Charles thinking she was going to get a million dollar life insurance policy only to find that he had changed the beneficiary. Yeah. So what he did was he, she made sure that the kids of social security was all going into her account first. Yeah. And then they were killed. And he said that if she um, took a thousand dollars or more, that that is the, the minimum for grand theft in Idaho is $1,000. Yeah. 
And she collected quite a lot more than that. Oh, yeah. You know, when we heard how much Social Security she was getting, we went, what the? Wow. Charles must have had quite the income. Well, we learned today what that income was. We so sure did. Between $400,000 and $500,000 per year. Yeah. That was Charles's income, you guys. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we'll get we'll get to more of that when we yeah. talk about the defense's closing arguments. Um, now he talks about money, the benefits of murder. Uh, and then a slide that says power. Mm-hmm. What says it doesn't matter what they believed. It matters what they did. They can believe whatever they want. But when they use that to justify homicide, that changes. Mm-hmm. They use religion as a tool to manipulate others. Lori manipulated Alex through religion. She manipulated Chad through emotional and sexual control. And they manipulated all of their friends in participating in one way or another. Um, Talks about the grooming of Alex Cox. Uh, Lori telling Alex what to do. Um, You never see Alex tell her what to do. She's always telling him what to do. Um, She's also always, you know, praising him that, I hear good things about you, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, there's another message where Alex says, my lips are sealed. And Lori says, good boy. Mm-hmm. And Alex's wife, Zulema, of course, testified that Alex believed all of it and did everything that Lori said. Yep. What said the only reason religion matters is because it's the tool they use to manipulate others. Yep. And who's the common thread? Lori. Lori. And then they start talking about the sex portion of this uh-huh. hideous triad. Uh, talks about some of those text messages we've seen. Um, you know, the things that she says to Chad over and over again, using sex to manip- manipulate him. Yeah. And how often uh, Chad seeks confirmation from Lori. Yeah. You know, the, the defense wants us to think that it was Chad who was leading this whole operation. But when you see right. those text messages, no, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Would also addressed another issue that um, the defense had brought up, which is he said, this isn't fantasy. Those children were found dead in real life in Chad Daybell's backyard because yeah. they've tried to talk about how all oh, of the beliefs were just fantasy, you know, not when they led to these murders. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, they bring up a slide. That's a text message from Lori to Chad. This is after Laura, uh, Charles was shot. And she said, and, um, Chad texts Lori, Tammy is close. JJ is at a two. Remember, these were their death percentages. Uh Um, And so on July 30th, she's already planning for JJ to go the same way as Charles to be murdered. This was on July 30th. So this was being a plan, had been a plan for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Um, There was, he talked a lot about how all the sexual text messages between Chad and Lori that were happening like, right around the deaths of their spouses, the deaths of the kids, like mm-hmm. that didn't let up. They weren't grieving. No, there was absolutely no grieving evident yeah. for any of them. No. Also, Lori asks Chad if JJ is at a zero yet. Mm-hmm. She says she can't wait. And we all know what the implication was, which was for JJ to die. Yep. Um, Remember 
We're tired of taking care of these demons. Yes. Tell the Lord to come and get them right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, he talked about Lori's text to Chad in August of 2019. I feel lost, like I should be doing something to help. And this was referring yep. to the deaths of the kids. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, uh, I'm worried about the kids, but I should do something to help mm -hmm. uh, get them, you know, but it was, I should do something to get them closer to death. Yeah. And Lori uses sex over and over again to get Chad oh, to do what she wants. And my God, yep. she, she did. She kept him spun up constantly. I miss you. I need you. I can't wait. I can't, I can't mm -hmm. wait anymore. All that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Lori never objects to the deaths of any of these people. There's never any hesitation. She says, maybe nope. we shouldn't kill the kids. Those texts, those um, communications. Well, don't maybe we should lay off this stuff. Baby. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this nope. is too intense. No, nothing like that. No. Nope. And then he talks about the Wi-Fi password when, when Alex set up the Wi-Fi password as too many mm -hmm. kids. And Lori responds, funny. Uh, he said, it would be funny if her kids were still alive and maybe a little rambunctious, but her kids are dead. Yeah. Um, another reference to messages where they refer to their spouses as obstacles. Mm -hmm. uh, another message asking Lori to seek confirmation. Go ask God if this is the right thing. He seeks confirmation uh -huh. through Lori frequently. Uh -huh. um, then why course, do you think that is? Because he doesn't want to be all in this by himself. He doesn't right? want to be the only one making the decisions. He mm -hmm. wants her to be an accomplice to this. He wants to make sure that this is what she wants. Well, he wants to make sure he's making her happy. Yes. He's doing this to keep her to in keep his her. life. Yep. So then he shows the... Um, some text messages about Lori saying she needs to go to Missouri uh, and do some work. And, you know, it's texting between her and Melanie Boudreau. Um, And then another time when she tells Melanie Boudreau that she can't go out of town. This was right before um, Charles was killed. And Melanie responds with, okay, captain. Yep. Lori was in charge. Um, Alex and Melanie Boudreau both responded that way to her. Mm -hmm. Whatever she said is what went. Yep. Uh, then Wood said, you know, to the to the jury, ladies and gentlemen, you have your instructions. Yep. So you need to go back and deliberate. Read all the instructions carefully and consider the evidence. Look at all the facts. Look at the timeline. Mm -hmm. Charles Vallow, Tylee Ryan, JJ Vallow, and Tammy Daybell. All within a short time frame. And how are they tied together? Who could have killed those people? Mm -hmm. We have Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell, and Alex Cox, mm -hmm. who had motives to kill those people. Lori and Chad, who benefits from the murders? Mm -hmm. Lori gets Tylee's money. She gets JJ's money. Chad and Lori get Tammy's money. He says, what does your reason and common sense tell you? You've seen what happened to her children, what happened to Tammy. She never reported the children missing. Oh, and this is where he says... She lied and she lied and she lied and she lied about where they were. While, uh, while she lied, she kept collecting the money. Yep. And then he said, what does justice for these victims require? It requires a conviction on every count. And then they put up um, photos of JJ, Tylee, and Tammy on the screen. And he said, you must convict her. And he says, thank you. And he's done. Yep. Uh, it was powerful. It hit home. It, it was. It was very powerful. 
He did a beautiful job. He did. And I really appreciated that. What is the common thread mm -hmm. through this entire thing? Well, the whole thing, the common thread is Lori. Mm -hmm. Even like with the castings. Chad wasn't organizing the castings. Lori was. Lori was. Lori was organizing, giving people roles, telling them who was supposed to be there, what they were supposed to be doing, who they were working on. Then she'd go back to old chatty boy later and find out if we got the demon out or whatever. Right. But it this was Lori doing these yeah. things. She was. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. So um, then we took a recess before Archibald and that John Pryor walked in at that point. Mm -hmm. and sat in the courtroom. So we know he's been around for the whole trial. Mm -hmm. um, they were just kind of, Lori was sitting with her attorneys. They were talking a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but again, Lori did not look upset. She didn't look sad. Yeah. Nothing. No, she looked mad. Yeah. Defiant. She Arms did. crossed. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of the day. Now we know we'll get to the tears, but we she uh, mostly she just looked defiant and pissed. Yep. Yeah. So Wood stood at the lectern. Um, Archibald chooses to stand in front of the jury. Mm -hmm. He starts with his usual kind of schmoozy mm -hmm. stuff with the jury, thanking them for their service mm -hmm. and about how long they've been there and that this was a difficult case. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he and he said you were asked in initially, you know, if you could remain fair and impartial and reserve just just judgment until the end and we're getting close to the end yeah um you were asked to be patient and attentive while putting your life on hold again thank you he does this really smoozy stuff a lot mm -hmm. and then we're just small town lawyers we're not from boise we're we're called we're called opposing counsel but we do respect each other we respect mm -hmm. the jobs that we do and then he says you've seen a lot of powerpoints I don't have one. I'm just going to talk to you. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have one. Yeah. yeah. Just that playing the simpleton kind of mm -hmm. act that he does a lot of. Mm -hmm. And he says, who's Lori Vallow? What happened? Where did it happen? When did it happen? Why did it happen? Mm -hmm. That's what you've been asked to figure out. And that's what you need to be convinced of beyond a reasonable doubt. And then he goes into like, Lori's from California. She turns 50 next month. She got married right out of high school, got divorced, went to beauty school, got married and divorced again. Um, talked about how she worked hard as a single mother. Talked mm -hmm. about when um, Colby came along and when Tylee came along. Then he brought up Joe Ryan and about how, um, you know, she married and divorced Joe Ryan and that she needed to protect the kids from Joe Ryan. Yeah. Um, and then he gets to talking about Charles and, their, and her marriage to Charles. Uh, he said, you heard JJ had medical issues when he was born and Charles and Lori were a good fit for him. They loved him and they cared for him. Mm -hmm. And then the story about Lori Vallow changes dramatically in October of 2018. Mm -hmm. He says, who is Chad Daybell? Uh, he said, Lori read some of his books and Archibald explains all about all the religious teachings that we've heard a zillion times, the yeah. 144,000 evil spirits, light and dark ratings, zombies, Jesus being in the temple, you know, all that stuff. Uh -huh. And then he says that there was quite a remarkable change in Lori um, around that time from people who knew her. And then he used really, um, I would call it unprofessional language. Like he was trying to, uh, I, I guess, be relatable. 
Uh Um, He said, what the heck is going on? Uh Um, One year after meeting Chad, four people are dead. Uh Uh, He talks about how they they can't consider Charles' death in this case because Lori's not facing charges for here in Idaho for the death. Uh I thought that was interesting because he nearly brought in that she is facing them in Arizona. Uh Um, Archibald said, I talked to you weeks ago about paying attention to who does what. Pay attention to burden of proof. We don't have to provide any witnesses or evidence and my client doesn't have to testify and you can't hold that against us. Uh Um, And then he talks, he goes, I don't know. I I, I know this is just defense attorney stuff, but a lot of it was aggravating to me. He talks to the jury. (laughs) I figured we were going to be good and pissed when we were done listening to this. Right, and I was. (laughs) I definitely was. He talks about how six of of the jurors are going to get bumped and you know, that they're going to pick numbers out of a hat to see who stays and goes. And, um, you know, and he talks about why there are alternate jurors and all of that. He talks about how all of you showed up and thanks them again. And he's sorry that you won't get to d- deliberate, you know. Um, and then he says, this killed me. You've been able to see my client. You've been able to see the evil glares she gets from the audience. Yeah, we've also been able to see the evil glares she's giving to many people in this courtroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've been able to see the witnesses and the evidence. You've been able to hear my client six times during this trial. Yeah, Mm because even though she didn't testify, they made sure to get plenty of her voice in. Yeah. And then he lists, you know, the phone calls, body camera footage, and the podcast. Mm -hmm. And he encourages them to go back and listen to all of that. And I thought, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Especially those body cam footage. Go and listen know, to how much she part. loves Jesus. Go yeah. listen to how much she loves Jesus. And she just wants to tell the world how much she loves Jesus. She just she just yeah. loves Jesus. That That's who my client is. She just loves Jesus. Right. And I'm thinking about, like, the Colby phone call and the summer mm-hmm. phone call and all the lying to the cops. Like, that's not all we heard from her. Mm-hmm. Then he talks about how the state has argued that this – that this case is about money, sex, and power. Mm-hmm. But he says Charles made four to five hundred thousand dollars a year, and that Lori was receiving mm-hmm. much less in Social Security money after Charles's death, mm-hmm. and that he doesn't think that that was the point here. Like, what's the point of his death? Why would she give that up? We all know why. She thought she was getting a million dollar life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she moves on to Chad, who he says this several times. Who can't sell <laughs> enough stupid books about the end of the world. <laughs> so, well, and who went bankrupt because he couldn't sell his stupid yeah. end of the world books. Yeah. And he says, so Lori wanted to ditch Charles, who makes four to $500,000 a year, and go to Chad, who makes $30,000 a year. And she wanted to do that for money. It was very much an oversimplification of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> then he says, talks about power. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, in the year Chad convinced her she was a goddess, but how many converts did she actually have, you know, to the 144,000? Yes. He says zero, a big fat zero. Mm-hmm. How many converts did Chad have? I count six. And he lists off Melanie, Audrey, you know, all the people. He says, this great cause of saving the world and gathering up the 144,000, Chad got six and Lori got zero. Uh Doing some simple math, Chad has 143,994 people left to gather before Jesus comes. Uh At the rate of six people a year, this will take Chad 24,000 years to get his army assembled. 
the mm-hmm. math is ridiculous. <laughs> it is. Why'd you even do it? Because yeah. first of all, Lori didn't have any converts. Who are Chad and Melanie? Yeah. Or sorry, Alex and Melanie. Alex and Melanie. Alex and Melanie would have never been on the scene at all had it not been for Lori. Right, right. And then he says, there's no doubt the children are dead, but did Lori do it? You've heard 60 witnesses and seen hundreds of exhibits, county police, local police, state police, federal police, and a lot of resources. And I want to review some of these with you. So the first thing he does is drag Kay Woodcock into this. And I just thought it was tacky as hell. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the first witness was Kay Woodcock. She and that she described Charles and Lori as an all-American family. Yeah, that she trusted her brother and trusted Lori. They each had two kids and then adopted one and adopted another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kay said something changed in late 2018, early 2019. Really, kind of um, took what Kay said out of context. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Kay's he, words against her that sucked. Yeah, he did the same thing with Brandon Boudreaux. Mm-hmm. that, you know, Charles and Lori were great. He said, you know, Brandon said, I love that family like my own. Mm-hmm. But then all of the end of the world talk ramped up and things got weird. Weird is another word. Mm-hmm. Stupid and weird. We've had those. We'll get to and some crap. Others. And crap. He, yeah, that he used repeatedly. Uh, then he talks about uh, Officer Hermesio's testimony. Um, talks about how when, when, um, the police came to Chad's house on the day that they found the kids uh, that Chad called his lawyer. He said, what's Chad doing? He's outside looking over his shoulder. And then he sped away and got arrested. Mm-hmm. So when Chad was looking over his shoulder, what's that t- inference that Chad knew what was in his backyard. He knew that time was short for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Duh. But then we get to a part where I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Archibald? Mm-hmm. He refers to the cha- the jail call with Chad and Lori. He says, you can tell from the phone call that Lori did not know the kids were in the backyard. That Chad knew, but she uh, doesn't Obviously didn't. Obviously didn't know that Chad and Alex stuffed her kids in Chad's backyard. Go listen to it again and make your determination, he said. Uh I think every, I think you can hear the eyes roll in every Uh moment over that. That is not how I took that phone call at all. No. They both sounded scared and guilty. Mm-hmm. So then he, you know, goes, <laughs> calls it, talks about all Chad's weird religious babble that really does not make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks a lot about how he just doesn't understand most of it and just doesn't make sense. And it's just all weird. Mm-hmm. Really minimizing a lot of it, frankly. Yeah. Archibald tells the jurors to listen to the call from Melanie Gibb where Lori says the kids and safe are happy. Kids are safe and happy. But you know, in that call, Lori also says, I know exactly where JJ is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says, remember all the G- GPS data? Lori's not there. Lori's not in the backyard when Chad and Alex are. She's not coming yeah. and going from Chad's property on those days. She's no. not there. They are calling and texting her and they are texting about Today's the, and they, and are they calling about today is the day that we are going to kill some people? He says, we, we've never seen that text because it doesn't exist. We don't know. Maybe they were texting about running an errand. Do you want a real Coke or a diet Coke? Yeah. 
trying to lay doubt here and also really misrepresenting the law as far as what's considered murder in Idaho. Mm -hmm. um, he said, look at the lack of evidence of who's doing what. Yeah. Uh, to He talked about the patriarchal blessing that, that uh, Chad gave Alex. Mm-hmm. He said, to me, it's craziness, opening the portals of time, third creation, fourth creation, great warriors, exaltation, but came back in the fifth creation. What in the yeah. heck is Chad talking about? There's heck again. Yep. Uh, he's the leader of his new church. He calls himself a patriarch. Just goofy stuff. Goofy. There's another one. These mm -hmm. words all minimize the yeah. importance of these things. And he yeah. doesn't acknowledge at all that. They didn't have to say we're going to kill people today because they had their own lingo. They basically mm -hmm. had a language that they had created to talk about all of this mm -hmm. that they had all agreed upon. They knew what the words meant when they talk about their death percentages and stuff like that. They knew. Mm -hmm. uh, they talked about April Ryan's testimony and how Lori tried to recruit her to the 144,000, but April was like, nah. Um, he talks about Lori hiring a babysitter to watch JJ. He, he brought this up before too. You know, mm -hmm. if Lori has all these plans to kill her kid, why hire a babysitter and bring her over to introduce her and why check JJ into school, into school. You're going to kill your kids next week. Why do that? Because well, Lori, duh. Man. yeah. Yeah. Cause Lori didn't like taking care of JJ is yeah. why. Right. Of course she wanted him to be in school. Of course, right. she, ha she had to hire a babysitter because Tylee was dead. Right. And Tylee had been the babysitter. Right. Right. He says, the state wants you to think that this was Lori's plan to kill her kids. But Lori didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously. Uh, he says that on her rental application for the Rexburg uh, apartment that she listed JJ and Tylee as her kids. Mm -hmm. Why tell anyone you had two kids? Why enroll in the school? Why hire a babysitter? The only th thing that makes sense to me is if she didn't have a plan. She wanted to be with Chad. They were obviously having an affair. Chad told her all the time about life and dark things, but there was no plan by Lori to kill her kids. Uh -huh. So her asking Chad, so is there like a, a clear and defined plan being orchestrated uh -huh. to get the kids out of here? Like she asked that repeatedly. So we know we're talking about a plan. Uh, he acknowledges that Lori lied. Uh, he didn't acknowledge anywhere near as many lies as she actually told. Right. But he says that Lori lied to protect Chad. Her lover, her eternal in how many worlds companion. How can you have, how can someone have that much control over you? We've heard now reason and common sense go out the window sometimes when religious principles are involved. Mm -hmm. But you know what else she said? He said. Lori protected Chad because Lori thought Chad was Jesus. We've yep. never heard that from anyone ever, no. anywhere. No. Yeah. Um, he said, they say she's cunningly coming up with a plan to knock off all these people. Why not go get insurance policies on the kids? Well, we know she looked him up. Mm -hmm. We also he know really she glossed over that, didn't he? Yeah. We know that she did search earlier that year for life insurance policies for the kids. Well, and then he says, does that tell you she wasn't planning to kill her kids or she would have gotten policies? If she'd had a policy and wanted to cash out on it, she would have had to prove those kids were dead. Yeah. 
there was no way in hell she was going to do that because right right emily he was jesus's brother get it right exactly but that's what archibald <laughs> said is that Lori believes that chad is jesus yeah that now, was a brand new revelation. if that's true that's never been said anywhere of course that would explain her fury today yeah when jesus got insulted <laughs> yeah. yeah, you want to know why she was no, crying? Jesus, not old Jesus, because uh, um, well, I did. I don't think we covered this. Maybe we haven't gotten to it yet. At one point, um, Archibald said, "So, do you think that? I mean, you look at like, um, Charles and how uh, successful and good looking he was, and." Do you think she was trading up or trading down when she went to Chad? So he called his book stupid, said she was mm -hmm. trading down on him, Which, said he I was mean, weird on. and all of his goofy beliefs. And that's what yeah. she cried about, you guys. We've all seen pictures of Charles right. and, and video of Charles. And, and, you know, she ended up with this wish version of Peter Griffin right. instead of Charles. Right. who was bankrupt and didn't have a pot to piss in really couldn't even be bothered to have a job so yeah yeah she did trade way down but yes right. the tears were about her being angry that he called his book stupid essentially called him stupid and a mm -hmm. loser yeah yep yeah she didn't cry about her children no she cried about that no tears while the prosecutor talked about how her children were murdered. Yeah. Instead, that bitchy ass look on her face. But she'll yeah. cry because she was offended for Chad for things that were said about him. Yep. Yeah. So then he references, yeah. and he killed me the way that he glossed over like the main keys of some of these things. Mm -hmm. The summer shiftlet phone call. Mm-hmm. Where she says, I've supported you your whole life. Chad has lied to you. Chad has deceived you. Mm -hmm. Kind of forgot to mention what a stone cold bitch Lori was in that phone call. Yeah. She had a hysterical sister mm -hmm. who didn't give a damn about what this was doing to her family. Not a bit. Would not tell her anything about what had happened to the kids or anything. You don't know. You weren't there. Yeah. You just, Summer, you don't know. You weren't there. You just, you don't know. Well, and she says, you were, you were. Dancing on the beach in Hawaii while your kids were in the ground. And Lori says, that was months ago. Yeah. That was months ago. As in, I knew the kids were in the ground months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, he talks about how, you know, the Summer's testimony was that Alex was like a 16-year-old kid stuck in an adult body mm -hmm. because he'd had a head injury from a car accident. Mm -hmm. um, he talked about how Summer's testimony of Lori being a good mom and getting along with Tylee and that Lori would never agree to kill her kids, mm -hmm. except that what she was referring to was in the past, not mm -hmm. now. Uh, he talked about the uh, autopsy photos. He said, I'm sure they are burned into your brain to the uh, jury. Mm -hmm. uh, then he brings up the hair on the duct tape. Uh, you know, and he talks about, is that a smoking gun? No, not at all. Uh, decomposition fluid was also in the bag. The pajamas were in the bag. Kids' socks were in that bag. A kid's blanket was in that bag. To say Lori is a killer because they found a piece of her hair on duct tape, that's not true. 
I would hope all of you who are mothers, I hope your hair is somewhere on your kids' pajamas, socks, or blanket. The problem is that's not where the hair was found. Not at all. Um, Archibald then brings up Tammy's death. And this part, this infuriated me. He said, that death is up in the air. When was she even murdered? Was it a natural death? As if there's a question, because... I mean, there first, isn't. her death was ruled as natural. Right. But now it isn't. Uh, to believe she was murdered, he said, Chad is so smooth, he convinced a county coroner, a deputy coroner, and a police officer that it was all natural causes and convinced his kids. Remember, the kids showed up. Oh, my, what happened to mom? Chad convinced them all. Sorry, kids, your mom died in her sleep. Okay, dad. You're being asked to convict Lori on killing Tammy when Lori was in Hawaii. You're being asked to convict Lori on killing Tammy when it isn't even a homicide. Bullshit, it's not. Her death was ruled a homicide. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. He talked about the prophecy that Chad was telling everybody about how Tammy would die before she turned 50. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, wouldn't Tammy also know about this prophecy? Well, we have no evidence that she did. Mm-hmm. Couldn't that be why she increased her life insurance? Um, he said, Tammy was still with Chad, even though he was so nutty. There's another one of those words. Mm -hmm. Minimizing, minimizing, yeah. minimizing. Um, she stood by him even as they went bankrupt, as he was trying to sell his stupid books. Said it again. <laughs> so, the only fist bump I had for him today. Right. <laughs> I know. It was pretty funny. Um, so her prophetic husband who said, dear wife, you're going to die next year. Could that cause her to increase her life insurance? Prove to me that that's false. Right. Well, not you know, the jury's job actually, but no, it isn't. And okay. it's not like that was the only life insurance policy involved in this situation. Yeah. Uh, he brought up Audrey's testimony and he said that he thought she was making stuff up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, what did we learn about her? That she was married to Jesus. That's kind of cool. <laughs> he really drug Audrey bad. Um, well, he said, I have to apologize to you guys. I owe you an apology. I got pretty excited over Audrey's testimony because I thought she was making things up. Yeah. yeah pretty excited. You got pretty sideways with Audrey, actually. But uh, yeah. Okay. That's the thing with, with Archibald, man. He can turn on a dime. Mm -hmm. But it's all very planned and intentional. He's 100% in control. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like um, John Pryor when he just gets out of his mind. Um, no. He says, you know, that Audrey said, I'll, I'll follow you to five different states, even though I didn't really follow you or believe your stuff. Which is a valid point. I mean, Audrey did really downplay her part in this. She downplayed what she believed. She did. So did Mel... Uh, Melanie G and so did Zulema. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, you have to sort through that and decide what is credible and not credible with these witnesses. What is real and what is imaginary? And, you know, I mean, we all know that the thing that she said about Lori threatening to kill her and, and, you know, dismember her and there would be blood and bleach everywhere and all that stuff. And that mm -hmm. she would go to a, a mental hospital for that and all of that. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't believe that was said. I don't believe nah. that was real. Um, it was very, it was way too much detail and it was too alike of what had already happened that Audrey knew. Mm -hmm. 
you know, was Audrey a bit unstable? Yeah. yeah. Does that mean Lori's innocent? No. Yeah. No, it does not. Right. Yeah. She knew she was going to die. So she increased her own life insurance. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. It's all just so convenient. Right. All of these little overt acts are just so convenient that they all just dovetailed so nicely for people to just mysteriously die. Yeah. And, and you know, Archibald didn't have any answers for how or why everybody was dead. He was mm. just going to kind of cross over those things. Right. But that's really his job because he doesn't have to prove anything. Mm-mm. He can just say all this shit. And try and pick at things. He also said he really dug at the medical examiner out of Utah. He did. And it was really ugly he said and this is still tammy he said that uh oh well i mean at first her uh cause of death was natural causes then they exhume her body and the medical examiner talks to the police about what they know which is their right to do but then they change it and go okay well i mean maybe she was like asphyxiated we'll go with that he said that not at all what that medical examiner said. No. And, and he said. He said. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. <laughs> then he said. Uh, he also said that she could have died from seizures from long-term antidepressant use. Uh, no. He did not say that. John no. Thomas said that. And he said, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part was a flat-out lie. Absolutely. Not only that, the medical examiner had said that he fully examined Tammy's brain, her tongue, her bladder for symptoms of someone who would have been having seizures and couldn't find anything that would indicate she was having seizures. But also, Tammy didn't actually have long-term antidepressant use. She had some short-term antidepressant use for a depressed period. Yeah. It was, that was so yucky. And that so was dishonest. flat out made up. And yeah. that really bothered me. Like, I, I know you're putting mm-hmm. a spin on this, but you lied. The medical examiner did not say that. No. Your partner in this case said that. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. The way he the, was like, ah, oh, he was like, ah, oh, yeah, well, I guess we'll change it to like asphyxia. Yeah. I guess it was asphyxia, yeah. which is not at all. You know, the medical examiner talked about how exhaustively they. Um, did toxicology exhaustively examined her brain her medical records all this stuff that they went through before they came to the conclusion that it was asphyxiation and the medical examiner was did not have a question about whether or not it was asphyxiation he said it was and that it was in fact murder Mm -hmm. so then he says that Lori kept asking chad what was happening because chad's been to heaven and he knows Mm -hmm. Uh, he brings up the fact that Chad would change percentage ratings for people because he's making it up as he goes, which is genuinely nope. true. He can't remember if it's 0% when people die or 100% when they die. And it's true. He was inconsistent with a lot of that stuff. Sure. That doesn't um, make either of them less guilty, however. I. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. But he, what he wants to prove here is that Chad is the ringleader of this, not Lori. Mm-hmm. And that Lori was just following him along. Yeah. Uh, he said, what's going on in Chad's brain? You and I wouldn't believe it, but some people do. Mm-hmm. Some people follow religious leaders when others don't. Mm-hmm. Was it proven who killed Tylee? No. Mm-hmm. But Alex and Chad were in the backyard. 
Chad had said, Tylee doesn't like me. I'm guessing Chad and Alex on Tylee. Yep. Did they prove that Lori conspired? Of the 15,000 texts they have in evidence, show me one from Lori that says, so when are you killing Tylee? Uh, I'm tired <laughs> of taking care of these demons. Will you please tell God to come and get them? Yep. Boom. There you go. Mm-hmm. But he would not acknowledge um, the lingo that they were using. No. He was really careful not to. Yeah. Uh, he asked, why can't people escape religious leaders? Why can't Lori escape and get back to her good mom life? But mm-hmm. he actually used the word cult leader. That was the first mm-hmm. time that word has been used in this trial. Mm-hmm. He called Chad a cult leader. The Church of the yeah. Firstborn. Uh, Lori just wants to testify of Jesus. She wants to tell the world how much she loves Jesus. She wants to tell you that she met him on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. But is Lori a leader or a follower of Chad? She so wants to be a leader, but she's not leading anyone. She's following Chad. She thinks Chad is following Jesus, but he's not. And this is the part. He's unfortunately being led by the storm. Not the first guy to be led by the storm. Mm-hmm. He said it. Right, Janet. Yep. Right. And earlier he had said that Lori believes that Chad is Jesus. Like he was not mm-hmm. consistent here. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Archibald said people who follow Jesus do good things. They are respectful, kind, serve others gross and this mm-hmm. is when this is the this is when he gets choked up and this made me want to kick him in the oh chair. god yeah and someone wants to walk a mile walk two miles with him <laughs> and then his voice gets all shaky treat mm-hmm. people like you want to be treated judge people like you want to be judged since you're a sinner be kind and forgiving of sinners that's mm-hmm. what the jesus we know that's the jesus Lori knew mm-hmm. that's the jesus Lori taught her children about that's the Jesus Lori knew until she met Chad Daybell. Oh, I wasn't was sure if gross. he was about to bear his testimony or if he was preaching to the jury. But either way, he was preaching. It was disgusting. Sounded intentionally choked up. It was gross. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not the first time he cried. He cried no. talking about Colby too. Yeah, he did about that phone call with Colby and how painful that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his mother was a stone cold bitch to him. You know, and yeah. he was re- figuring out that his mother had just murdered his siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says no one here thinks Lori actually killed anyone and I think everybody in our courtroom sort of looked around like nobody (laughs) I'm not so sure about that define nobody yeah yeah basically he said uh, that's why she's being charged with conspiracy because she didn't kill anyone Uh, that is not the case at all and you don't you're completely misrepresenting the definition of conspiracy to the jury and the charges yeah so they want you to be convinced that she's part of this plan that there's a specific plan to kill if you find her guilty will that bring the kids back nope if you find her not guilty will that bring the kids back nope you can't be concerned about that you need to be concerned with following the law and the lack of evidence except that he's misrepresenting the law and the evidence Mm -hmm. and And then he says nobody's trying to bring the kids back it was no. like this idea that just because you want to get vengeance against somebody won't change anything. Oh, uh, yeah, motherfucker, it will. will. She'll go away to prison for the rest of her life so she can't kill anybody else. That's, yeah. Yeah. 
And then he said, perhaps the weirdest thing I've ever heard anyone say in my whole life. He said, if there is anything we've learned about a storm, you hide from a storm. You seek shelter from a storm. Lori spent her whole life protecting her children. Thank you again. And that was it. What the fuck was that even supposed to mean? You know? You hide from the storm. She was not hiding from She grabbed him by the storm. Remember, it's all in the dumb story. Elena's magic hand grabbed him by the storm. Oh, he yeah. did call the Elena and James story uh, crap. Yes, he did. <laughs> Maybe that's why she cried. He yeah. did call that story crap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Everyone in the courtroom thinks she killed her kids. Yes. <laughs> right. I know. Everyone was like, no one thinks that really? Because I mm -hmm. think, no. Yeah. So I don't know if he was applying she's a victim of sexual assault. I That would be so stupid after reading their text messages. You know, obviously yeah. she was a willing participant. But, but yeah, she's at home, Emily. Those. Lori was yeah. out there dancing in the rain, not hiding from the storm. Right. right. That was the strangest, most puzzling statement. No, and then that she spent her whole life around by the storm. Kids. Yeah. yeah, there was no explanation for no alternative explanation for where the kids were, why she didn't know where they were, what she thought was true. You know, he's saying this like he didn't like she didn't know those kids were dead, and oh, yeah. that is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever. He said heard. that. He said Lori had no idea. He had no idea, or she had no idea that her kids were buried back there yeah. in Chad's yard. She had no idea. Then where did she think they were? Right. Where and did if she? She really didn't. Help me with a couple of things. Why didn't she get on the stand and tell us that? For one. Right. For two, if she really didn't know, why has she stuck by Chad? He made it sound like it's just so hard to get out of a cold. It's just so hard. And some people so just hard. can't do it. She just can't he said do she it. didn't live with him. No. She had her own car. She had her own house. And she clearly had money. She mm -hmm. wasn't tied to him. No. So, okay. I want to answer this. Why, Lordine? Um, why could Lori's mental health deteriorate so much after she was arrested, even though she was a driving force with the conspiracy? Narcissists are very fragile people. They are very fragile emotionally. They have a very fragile ego. Mm -hmm. She did not get what she wanted and she was being called out for her behavior. A narcissist will fall to pieces when that happens. It doesn't surprise me at all that she destabilized after that because she was great when she was getting exactly what she wanted and everyone was listening to her and doing what she said. And when that changed, mm -hmm. she crashed. That's why I think there's a grain of truth to Audrey's story. I don't know that I think that she said exactly Audrey. Right. Those definitely words. embellished too much. Yeah. But did Audrey confront her? Yeah. Was Audrey doubting her and questioning her? She was. Right. And she wanted to leave because she was uncomfy because things seemed wrong here. Yeah. Did Something Lori snap not... on her? Yes, she did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think those things happened. I just think that um, Audrey embellished it so badly mm -hmm. that she made her she statement completely way too useless. far. Yeah. And she should have said it in the grand jury. If she was going to say this, it should have been in the grand jury first. Because mm -hmm. she, she made herself suspect at that point. She pled the fifth in the grand jury. She didn't tell him anything. Right, right. 
Um, so then Wood wanted to have his opportunity for rebuttal because the prosecution does get that because they have the burden of proof. Mm-hmm. So they sent us off to lunch for 45 minutes. Yep. At this point, this is when um, Lori was crying and wiping tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and angry. Yes. Angry. Yeah. Yeah. She was pissed because they were making fun of her, you know, her sweet Jesus boyfriend. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, after lunch, Wood comes back and says... The state has met its burden beyond a reasonable doubt. Reason and common sense. The evidence in this case is clear. The evidence in this case points to one common thread, and that thread is Lori Vallow. Mm-hmm. The defense says she's not a killer. She is a killer. Lori is the connection to all of these deaths. What connection does Chad Daybell have to Charles Vallow, Lori? Mm-hmm. Why did we talk about Charles Vallow? The motive. The defense says the math doesn't add up. The defense didn't give you all the numbers. <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah. Uh, he talked about how when Lori wants something, she makes it happen. Mm-hmm. And she learned her lesson with Charles. She didn't get her money. So she made sure to get her money ahead of time with the kids before she killed them. Yeah. You know, she called Tylee dark. You know, she was talking about Tylee and JJ you know, their numbers falling and all of that stuff long before those kids died. But yep. she made sure their money was coming into her bank account before they did. You bet she did. Uh, he said, when the whole world is out looking for your kids, does a good mom dance on the beach in Hawaii? No. Yeah. Does a good mom bury her children in the ground and go marry a recent widower? No. Yeah. She knew her children yeah. were dead because she helped plan it. She knew her children were dead because she encouraged it, which we know she did through her own words in her text messages. Uh She was tired of the obstacles. She was tired of JJ. She didn't want to deal with him. So she found someone else who could and buried him in the ground. Um, Oh, then they had a graphic called lies. Lori told, which I loved because Uh you know, because of some of the things that the defense said. The lies Lori told. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that the lies Lori told tell us what really happened. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the statements were, you know, Tylee attending BYU, Idaho, Charles dying of a heart attack when she tells Colby that, mm-hmm. uh, telling Melanie Gibb that JJ was with Kay. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember what Summer testified to you, her own sister, when she was asked if Lori had been honest about her kids, she said, no, Lori lied. Mm-hmm. Lori lied to cover her crimes over and over again. Mm-hmm. Does a good mom jet off to Hawaii when the rest of the world is looking for her kids? No. You know, our whole community was up in arms looking for these kids. They were searching Yellowstone friggin' park for these kids, you know? Yeah. And he said, the yeah. innocent don't need to lie. It's the guilty who lie. Yeah. <laughs> and what does Chad say? Grab me by the storm and I will follow you to the end of the universe. Yeah. Not follow me, Lori. Don't let mm-hmm. Lori pin this on another person. God, can we be done hearing about the storm? <laughs> um, oh, for, talks- for one year. Yes, we can. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, when Chad is texting her about JJ going into the light. And we all know what that means. Somebody going to the light dies. That's very, that's a very common phrase. Most people know exactly what that means. Yeah. 
And she doesn't say, let's not kill the kids. She said, that is sweet. It's her own yeah. words, you know, yeah. that show us. Yeah. Uh, all the time she had no more patience that she wanted this to happen now. Mm-hmm. Um, then he talks about um, the death percentages and all the romantic texts. When she was upset that the kids were like two or three percent and Tammy was too. And she's mad because it's not zero. Why isn't it zero? Mm-hmm. So and then he's he, like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's zero. Yeah. 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 Chad was like, okay, yeah. yeah, it's zero. So he says, the defense says there's no text about killing the kids. And then he says a text that she wrote. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a perfect, perfectly orchestrated plan to take the children? Yeah. Uh, they put up pictures, of Tammy, Tylee, and JJ again. If she didn't intend for her children to die, what mother doesn't go report that they are missing or dead. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense that she's a good mom when she's not reporting the deaths of her children or that her children are missing. She intended mm-hmm. the deaths. You have the evidence. You must convict her. Sorry, my cat just driving me insane. I got to lift her up. She won't stop scratching me because she wants petted. Uh, well, and then he talked about how Lori told everyone that she nothing she did counted against her anymore. She could do whatever she wanted. She's exalted. She's a goddess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, well, let's make it count for Lori that Tylee Ryan will never go to college, mm-hmm. that her remains were buried and put in a bucket. To make it count for Lori Vallow that J.J. Vallow, a boy with special needs, had a plastic bag over his head and fought for his life. Mm-hmm. And make it count for Lori that Tammy Daybell had to die so Lori could get to that money. Ladies and gentlemen, reason and common sense, reason and common sense, you must convict her. Yep. And then he was done. Yep. And then they go through, um, they go through this process Boyce does. He is addressing the jury. Tells them only 12 of them will deliberate and the clerk is going to draw six numbers and their numbers, they're numbered by their seat and that the numbers that she draws will be the alternates and that they will be dismissed, mm-hmm. but have to be prepared to come in if they need to come in and step in if, one, if somebody has to. Leave. Yeah, they're still under the cloak of the jury. They're just not yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so we have then seven men and five women left mm-hmm. on the jury. They swear in two bailiffs who are there to serve the jury Uh to keep them secure and help them with anything they need and make sure that they're not, you know, being influenced in any way. Uh, So then they send the jury out. Uh And then he says, we will adjourn until we hear back from the jury. Yep. And that was that. Yep. Um, People that could see the jury, not us, uh, Uh (laughs) in our courtroom, said that some of the jurors were very upset. be released uh can you imagine i cannot to go through this entire friggin' thing and then not get to be one of the people to deliberate and to vote on her guilt or innocence it would be really hard what a huge lack of closure for you yeah after experiencing all of this right the bailiffs do stay in the room with the jury yeah Mm -hmm. there's security for them but they're also making sure they're not being um influenced and Mm -hmm. then they get them things if they need anything Mm mm-hmm if they're requesting any items or. Yeah, this if is they, Sandy. If they want to shoot the Alexander or whatever. Yeah. 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 If they want to see the gun or whatever. Sandy only has three teeth left. She's uh, almost 14 and she's had two oral surgeries. And so when she purrs, she drools all over me because she doesn't oh. have any way to hold that in. 
Uh, but yeah, this is Sandy. She she is a beautiful kitty. She is a gorgeous kitty. Oh, she's a sweet girl. And um, if I don't pet her when she wants me to, she just scratches at me until I do. She's real <laughs> great for like catching my clothes and running something, you know, or scratching the crap out of me. So someone asked what little Marky means is saying today on Twitter. Not a damn thing. Not a thing. That's interesting. He tweeted yesterday when, oh, that's not true. No. Oh. Sorry, Twitter isn't uh, lined up in a good timeline. Uh, he replied to Julie from Court TV posting the video about Lori being served mm -hmm. in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Take a close look. Can anyone identify the multiple violations of constitutional law protections of due process? Uh, can you? <laughs> okay, yeah. little Marky Means. Okay. Yes, you can hear her purring. She likes to rub her face on my microphone, so you will hear mm -hmm. her purring. She's a mm -hmm. silly kitty. He said the defense should have had an expert in the area of mind control slash manipulation. Well, yeah, the defense maybe should have had any experts, any mm -hmm. anybody. I still stand that they are looking to try to overturn this in appeal. Mm -hmm. But did you know that only 3% of appeals are successful yeah three percent pretty rare and there is a mountain of evidence in this case oh yeah you may not like it but it's there yeah um how long do we think they'll be out and janet says she's surprised mm -hmm. uh that we didn't get a verdict yet yeah well you got to remember all of those different counts they have to examine the evidence and determine guilt or innocence for each one of those counts individually. So mm -hmm. it's going to take a little time to have those discussions. They had to, you know, they had to um, elect their four person. They had to read through the, the rule, the instructions again. Then they've got to look at all the evidence. Like it's a process, you know, we're hoping they're going to be back by the end of tomorrow. Um, we're hoping that this isn't going to take a long time for them. Mm -hmm. but it's going to take what it's going to take, you know? And if they have a holdout of any kind, it may take a while. Yep. Uh, I don't think she's worried. She didn't look worried. She was just pissed nope. that her attorney dissed on her, on her Jesus lover boy. Um, mm -hmm. But she didn't appear worried or concerned at all about what was actually happening to her today. Oh, this morning? Just sitting at the defense table, just chatting it up, flipping her hair, just acting completely normal. Mm -hmm. Lori's in jail. She's not been in a mental health facility since uh, last fall. Yeah. And she won't go back there now. She will go to prison. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. She's in jail in Ada County for now. Well, I mean, as far as closing statements go, I felt like the prosecution ran circles around the defense. I did too. A lot of their didn't argument really, didn't even make sense. No, I. They were trying to say that Lori is a follower and that mm -hmm. she was just following whatever Chad said and that she got duped into this. Yeah. But I don't think they did a very good job of actually showing that. And then they mm -hmm. made a lot of weird statements, like the storm statement at the mm -hmm. end. Like that was supposed to be some kind of big mic drop, mm -hmm. except it doesn't even make any sense. Mm -hmm. No, is she medicated? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. But it's not, but she's medicated voluntarily. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, you read that Charles, oh, that Charles's family wanted her to be referred to as Lori Daybell since she married uh, Jesus's brother and chose that name essentially freeing Charles from her. The problem is yeah. she did marry him, but did she ever actually change her name on her ID and stuff? No, mm -hmm. she didn't. She so didn't. the courts have called her Lori Vallow because that is her legal name. Mm -hmm. you know, I understand their sentiment, though, completely. Right. I get it, too. I, I do. But the courts are like, yeah, you know, we don't have any ID for you that says Daybell. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't know, Cranky. We don't know if she's taking her meds or not because it is voluntary. Mm -hmm. She is not forced medicated. Yeah. We know that when she almost went back to the hospital last winter before the holidays, that her attorneys talked her into starting to take her meds to keep her from going back to the hospital. And she did. And then she kind of yeah. perked up and things got better and they were able to move forward with the trial. But at yeah. this point, we don't know if she's taking her meds or not. Yeah. yeah. Right. She does have a trail of dead folks in her wake. And yes, prior to mm -hmm. Chad. Yeah. Yeah. She does. Yep. You know, yep. she, uh, Joe Ryan died an unattended, uh, pulmonary embolism type mm -hmm. death which is how Tammy died and it's also how Alex died. Mm -hmm. One of you emailed us something I thought was uh, pretty profound. Eva, thank you. Uh, that this wasn't brought in, uh, you know, they could barely get Charles's stuff through the door to go back this far would have never happened, but she made a good point trying to say that Lori's the follower and that Lori wouldn't have done any of these things and that this was all uh, Chad brainwashing and coercing everybody and that Lori changed, kind of forgetting the fact that Lori manipulated Alex into attacking Joe Ryan and actually went to jail for a summer over it yeah, because of the things that she said that Joe Ryan did that actually there was never any proof of. Right, right. And you're right, Gazelms, they didn't bring uh, a lot in about Alex dying because Alex's death has been ruled a natural death. Mm -hmm. And although we all know that something happened there, they cannot prove it. No. So his his death will never be prosecuted. Neither no. will Joe Ryan's. No. But there's real questions about if he really was her first victim. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed, Macy. The defense... The best they could do was get the death penalty off the table. The thing is, she didn't give them anything to work with. No, she didn't. You know, the defense basically was just wandering down a dark, dark hallway with nothing to go on because she wouldn't even talk to them, cooperate with them until just a few months ago. And even then, she just gave them so little to go on. Yeah. And Pretty wouldn't... hard to prove the innocence of somebody who refuses to prove their innocence. Right. Well, and, and who wouldn't not work with them. They did not want to go to trial this fast. They wanted her to waive mm -hmm. her and they speedy wanted trial. Her to plead. Uh, yeah, and they did want her to plead. Mm -hmm. They recommended that she plead, mm -hmm. um, that she either waive speedy trial or plead. And she would not do either of those things. Mm -hmm. And and you're right, Macy, that the defense mm -hmm. did give her sufficient counsel. They did their job. Yep. They got yep. the death penalty off the table. They did the best they could with what they mm -hmm. have. Absolutely. I have no argument with Archibald or with Thomas. None. They did the best they could with what they were given. And it's just all they had. Right. Yeah. 
Right, yeah. Emily. Fortunately for all of us, she didn't lean on mental health as a defense. I don't think that it would have mattered. You just don't understand. We're in the wild, wild west here. Mm -hmm. Mental Nobody health cares. as a defense doesn't do shit in Idaho. Nope. Now, one of you had asked if mental health will come in in the conversation about sentencing. So there's a pre-sentencing report, that, and it's why sentencing takes so long. There is a pre-sentencing report that has to be turned into the judge, and there are pieces of that that come from the prosecution, pieces that come from the defense. Some of them are mental health evaluations. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's really going to make a difference in how the judge looks at this at this point, honestly. Uh, but but that's where that could come into play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, Macy, that she won't be able to um, argue, you know, inefficient, you know, ineffective no. counsel because they did get the death penalty off the table. Mm -hmm. They, I agree with you. Nope. They She's showed up. They're going to try job. that, but I don't think it's going to go. The other nope. thing that they're going to try is that they're going to try to say that none of um, the stuff about Charles' death or the shooting of Brandon Boudreaux should have come in. Yep. But those were all a part of the common scheme that was the conspiracy. And that's why those things came in to mm -hmm. uh, go toward motive. So and I the don't prosecution know the was out. clear. Yeah. The prosecution was also clear in their close that the Arizona stuff was simply to establish motive. Everybody yeah. was clear. Yeah. 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 Larry shook Archibald's hand at the end of the day uh, yeah. and said, he recognizes that the defense is just trying to do their job. Uh, somebody else asked Thomas as he was walking out of the courtroom, how uh, how you feeling? How we doing? And he mm -hmm. said, we're feeling real good. <laughs> Are you? Because this is almost goddamn over? I'll bet. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I th everyone's so tired, you know. Oh, <laughs> Macy's fangirling because we read, we read her comment. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boyce definitely made his opinion. Boyce basically gave the closing arguments outside of this, the jury. He did. He really did. And he, you know, he made it very clear yeah. that he sees this as having the case that's been proven. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yes. yes. It was also made 404B has been made clear over and over and over to the jury. And yeah. it was made clear in the jury instruction again. Yes. Yeah. So one yeah. more time, 404B is the rule that you cannot use bad act, past bad acts to judge a defendant's character. You can only use them to establish motive, which is right. exactly what the prosecution did. It is. It is. And they did instruct the jury of that multiple times. Mm -hmm. Right. Can you imagine the amount of sage Thomas and Arbaugh they're going to have to use? Right. <laughs> I need to use some. I never right. want to hear the word storm again as long as I live. Ever. No. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk for a little minute. We, we need to be done here pretty soon. We're almost at the two hour mark. But yeah, I was sitting in the courtroom today and I was thinking about this trial has been what it is, you know, mm -hmm. been what it is. Uh, really, for the most part, very few fireworks, very few showdowns. I mean, lots of objections, but that's normal. And of course, the uh, prosecution fought to try and keep the text messages out because they were by far the most damning uh, evidence. Okay, yes. that's normal. Mm-hmm. Can you guys, for just a half a second, consider how different Chad's trial will be <laughs> with with Pryor and the constant... You mean with the pearl clutcher yes. at the helm? Yeah. With the constant pearl clutching and whining and complaining and bitching. 
there's that. But also, there's other evidence. There were 15,000 text messages. Right. We saw a smattering of them. There are right. other Well, text we heard messages. from Lori's side of those text messages, yes. not Chad's side Chad's of those side. text messages. There's different evidence for old chatty boy. And that is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. I hope Chad spares his kids and takes a plea. But he's proven that he doesn't give a flying fuck about them. So I'm guessing no. Right. You know, I was thinking about something. Yeah, I've been doing too much thinking, obviously. But one thing I was thinking about the other day is how not only did he really kind of make Garth an accomplice with Tammy's right. death, but he also let those kids all live on that land where the kids were buried. Also, all that time, all that time, which also at some point could have implicated them. Yeah, he did not care about his kids and their well-being at all. No, at it's all. so gross. I I feel so sad for them, for them to hear those text exchanges mm -hmm. and all the sexual stuff and the story, and to understand the the mm -hmm. depth of the affair that their dad had. And then the way that Chad and Alex mm -hmm. murdered Tammy when yeah. she was awake, yep. ambushed her in her own bed. Mm -hmm. It's horrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the prosecution does not have to give him a plea at this point. They will. No, they don't. I think they would if they, we were told last week that the county is into this right now, $7 million. Yeah. They will do a plea if they can get one. They don't they, want to have to do this again. Mm -hmm. Now, Emily uh, said, I can imagine Chad's attorney will be heavily advising Chatty Potter to plea. Chatty Potter. Loved it. Uh, <laughs> that's dang good. Uh, no, I disagree, actually. Uh, Pryor is dying to go to court on this. He just oh, yeah. More time. But he wants to show himself. Well, and he, he wants, wants the whole thing off. televised, man. He is he looking wants for his 15 minutes. That's for sure. You betcha. You betcha. He wants it. He doesn't want Chad to take a plea, even if it was the best thing for him. Mm -hmm. But the other thing you have to remember is that Pryor is not a death penalty attorney. No. He, and we don't know. He's got two other attorneys working with him now. We don't know anything about them, who they are, no. if they are have any kind of death penalty certification, because Pryor is in way out of his depth here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The kids didn't show up today to support their mother. I know it's, it's, I know. but I, I cannot imagine after what they've learned just mm -hmm. last week and this week. Yep. That I don't know if I could do it either, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And they know that if they show up in person, the press are going to be all over them and oh, yeah. people have been judging them all along. And now the, the truth of it all is, mm -hmm out there in the open and they know what trash their dad is. That yep. just, yeah. Yep. Uh, one of you had said that uh, you'd get kicked out of the courtroom if you were one of Chad's kids, that you would have been sitting in that courtroom yelling at Lori all this time. Right. <laughs> I hear that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Would you support Lori if she was your mother? You know, for a while you probably would because she kept her kids very off-centered and very discombobulated. Yep. And it took Colby a while to be able to kind of come to terms with what was going on here. 
and what the actual truth is. Because she just told, she lied to them constantly. They never knew what the truth was. Pryor uh, was not appointed. Here's how Pryor got this gig, to the best of our knowledge. Yeah. When Lori was extradited back to Rexburg from Hawaii, she got this dream team of attorneys. I mean, this was going to be the thing, right? They mm -hmm. had two trial attorneys. One of them was known as the pit bull in heels. Mm -hmm. She was really supposed to be something. They were going to come right to Rexburg and just rock them, sock them robots to everybody, right? Right, yeah. Well, Mark Means was on the team. Why? Not for his trial experience, mm -hmm. not for his criminal experience, for his family law experience, because at the time, the charges against Lori weren't for murdering the kids. The kids weren't even found. They It was for failure to show proof of life. It was failure to care for the kids because she clearly didn't have them in her custody. Child endangerment. Those, child endangerment. Those were the first charges. That's how Mark Means got on Lori's case. But those other two attorneys went through her very first arraignment here in Madison and went, holy shit, this is completely bonkers. I don't want my name on this. I'm outie. Yeah. And they abandoned her with little Marky Means. So Mark defended her. And then sometime around May, he posted on Twitter that he was also now Chad Daybell's attorney. And anyone who had any questions for Chad from the press or otherwise needed to go through him. Mm -hmm. And then they found the kids on the 9th of June. And the first person that he called was Mark Means, because right. Mark Means was his attorney at that point. Then, within just a hot minute, Mark isn't his attorney anymore. It's John Pryor. How did John Pryor get on board? Well, Mark Means and John Pryor worked out of the same office. Right. That's how Pryor got roped into this whole mess. Yeah. But he's privately hired. Chad has never um, asked to be declared indigent. So the state is not paying for his defense. Mm -hmm. But then it I don't know who is long for Breyer's um, name to show up on the deed of Chad's house. Yes. And for about a year, it was Tammy and Pryor on the deed. Now Tammy's mm -hmm. off and it's just Pryor. Yep. So Pryor essentially owns Chad's house. That's the payment that he's receiving here. Yeah. But there's no way at this point that there's any of that money left. I can't you know? imagine. Like, he, this has been going on for three years, and then now they're going to have to get DNA, and they've got to get all their experts, mm -hmm. and the state is not paying for any of that because no. he has not declared himself indigent. Yeah. But if he does, this is where Pryor's in a real pickle because he seems to have wanted this case for the fame and fortune of it. Well, if Chad is declared indigent, Pryor can't sit first or second chair on his nope. case because he is not death penalty certified. And the state requires that in death penalty mm -hmm. cases. If That's they're why Lori has the attorney she has. And the reason why? Because they don't want you to be able to come back and claim ineffective use of counsel. Yeah. They are trying to eliminate you being able to do that on their right. dime. Right. By saying it has to be a death penalty certified attorney. Well, he isn't one. And does anyone nope. here see John Pryor sitting third chair? No. No. His ego would not allow for that. Mm -hmm. But we do genu genuinely question who's footing the bill now. 
There's mm-hmm. two more attorneys. They have a couple of assistants. Apparently, there's a team of five now on Chad's mm-hmm. side. Who's paying for that? On one Chad. hand, I'll bet they're paying him rent. I'll bet mm-hmm. the kids are paying him monthly rent for the kids because some of Chad's kids do still live in the house. Right. So I would imagine that is some of it. But someone's got to be paying the taxes on that house, the insurance on that house. Right. All of those things as well. Yeah. Right. Right. And, um, right. Yeah. And he wants that DNA testing done and he says he's going to have eight experts. Right. Who is going to pay those people? They make an ungodly amount of money. I mean, consider last night we were talking about the West case. In the West case, they had a forensic psychologist that uh, put a hundred hours in on this case and the state paid her around $40,000. Yeah. You consider Dr. Wellner. Dr. Wellner was the star expert witness in the sentencing for the guy who kidnapped Elizabeth Smart. Yeah. uh, David Mitchell. Mm -hmm. They paid him $600,000 for his expertise. $600,000. Where is that coming from? Yeah, right. Yeah, Cranky, a secret benefactor. We wonder, you know, because Mm -hmm. there were other people involved in that community that were following Chad. So is one of them or some of them? So in order to be death penalty certified, yeah. Right, is AVAL as that group? Right. We don't know, but we sure question it. Mm Mm-hmm. Where is it coming from? Yeah. Uh, In order to be death penalty certified in Idaho, you have to have served on a certain amount of cases, second and third chair, to death penalty certified attorneys. That's what Thomas is doing here. Right. Thomas is, and unfortunately for them, because they got the death penalty off the table, he's not getting quite that uh, on this case. Uh, But, That's basically where it's at is, no, he's not working on it because he would have to be sitting on some cases and serving on some cases that are death penalty cases. Right. But and you not, know, we've, we've also got the Brian Koberger case, the Idaho four in Moscow, and two of Idaho's death penalty certified attorneys are tied up in that case. And we only yeah. have 13 in Idaho, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can imagine. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, see, I think Avow did disavow themselves of Chad publicly, but we don't know about the individuals involved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, preparing the people basically said, Chad Daybell, who? We never heard of that guy and pretended like they'd never done anything with him ever, except there's mm-hmm. plenty of proof that they had. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions here. There's going to be a lot. <laughs> Irene, I think L. Ron Hubbard is Chad's benefactor. <laughs> I don't... I, it could be anybody, but there are mm-hmm. real questions about, is there a benefactor behind him? Mm-hmm. How's this all getting paid for? Right. Well, it's a good question. Yeah. And and definitely we don't really know the answer for sure. Uh, I was mm-hmm. just going to look at Zillow and tell you. So Zillow oh, yeah. is See what the house is worth. full of shit, but they're saying that the house is worth 48 or sorry, 448,000. Um, I believe Chad paid around 200,000 for it. And we have had a big jump in real estate in this area. 200. Yeah. But yeah, that's a murder house. 
So right. And it's a very publicly known murder house. So mm-hmm. would it really be worth that much money now? I don't know. So Realtor.com says 465. I seriously doubt it. I, I you know, Zillow and Realtor.com, you know, as we've discovered, have really inflated the, the housing market and the prices with their, yeah. that's a whole nother episode that we'll never do. But, right. uh, but Stormy he, Daniels, <laughs> we Stormy know Daniels paid, is supporting the storm. <laughs> we know he that. paid around 200000 for the house in 2015. And we also believe that he paid it off with some of his the of Tammy's life insurance. So who right. knows? Yeah. Who knows? So lots of questions. And so that's why, you know, even though this trial is almost done, we are not done at all mm-hmm. because we will stay on top of, we'll start going back to Chad's um, hearings in person. Yeah. Like we were prior to this to keep you all updated on what's happening with that. And then of mm-hmm. course, um, after the verdict then you know, in a few months, we'll have race sentencing, uh, that will be in Fremont County in our area. They're bringing that back to here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we will go in person. Yeah, definitely. Be interesting. Yeah. 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 So we're all on jury watch. They'll be back at nine in the morning to continue deliberating. We're going to watch it like a hawk. We mm-hmm. will post on Twitter and on Facebook and we'll schedule a show as soon as we know. Yeah. And we'll just tie into the judge's Facebook or his YouTube page and we'll live stream it. And then we'll be here to talk about it when the yeah. uh, verdict comes in. And we're yes. all really hoping it'll be tomorrow. We'll we see. are. So make sure you have subscribed to us on YouTube mm-hmm. and then hit the bell so that you get notifications mm-hmm. because then you will see when we schedule the live stream because mm-hmm. we'll only get 30 minutes to an hour notice. Yep. But you'll get that notification, so you'll know when to jump in yep. and uh, join us. Thank God yep. it's going to be live streamed so that we can share it. I don't think I can sit on those damn church pews yep. for any more time at all. No. Speaking of that, I can't sit in this chair for any more time at all. I know. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, they actually said 30 minutes on notification for reading of the verdict, but that's arbitrary because it depends on where are all the attorneys, Mm -hmm. how long is it going to take the jail to bring Lori over? Like there's going to be, you know, where's the judge? Yeah. 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 What's the judge doing? I mean, they're all going to be staying pretty close. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Don't forget if you would like to tip us, um, you can do that by going to truecrimesquad.com. You can either buy us a coffee or there's a way to tip us through PayPal. We really, really appreciate your support. Um, because we have put an ungodly number of hours into this as you can imagine but that's of course appreciated but not required and we really appreciate you being here with us because we know like crank said earlier or jr said earlier we are here for tammy yeah and we're here for jj and tylee as well absolutely we we did a little interview earlier today right after uh the court broke with a, a, a student uh, reporter from our local college. A really mm-hmm. nice kid. We yeah, we saw him on the first day of court. We saw him on the last day of court. Yeah. And uh, we were talking to him and I said, you know, we are not that far off from 200 episodes about this case. Yeah. Can you even imagine that? It's insane to me. It's not insane to me. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I go back and I listen to him and I'm like, oh, yeah. Because we've done, if you haven't, if you aren't familiar with us, we've got episodes mm-hmm. that you can go back and see that, like, mm-hmm. about Zulema, about Mel G, about Melanie Boudreaux, about Alex. Like, there are dedicated episodes to all of those people. 
as we were learning about who's who. Emily, I wish I knew his name. I actually don't. But the college paper is, I think it's still called The Scroll. It's for it uh, BYU-Idaho. Yes. The newspaper in BYU-Idaho. Yep. And he's been there, not every day, but most days, uh, mm -hmm. keeping notes. And uh, we asked him the first day, well, do you, do you like true crime? And he said, no. <laughs> but this was an assignment. So. Right. Yeah. Nice kid, so though. Super nice we kid. We certainly yeah. appreciate him. Yeah. And we appreciate all of you. And we will be back as soon as that verdict comes in. So, yep. You know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank <music> you.